Have you ever been in this predicament or this situation before where you've been on an occasion or at an event, but you've had on the wrong coat? I don't know if that's ever happened. And it can happen in a variety of ways. Maybe you just walked out the door and it was a little bit windy. I mean, nothing to be too afraid about in the Midwest. And you just kind of grabbed a cotton coat, you put it on, you walked out the door. But by the time you get to your destination or to the venue that you need to be in, it's pouring down rain. What you needed was the raincoat, not the cotton coat. Who's ever been there before? And now you're drenched and now you're frustrated because you're in the wrong coat. Maybe you're walking out on a, on a Midwestern winter morning, which we have some cold ones, and it's very chilly when you walk out, and that brisk winter air hits you. You're like, no, I'm going to park at this thing. So you go for the heavy coat. I mean, you've got the big gloves on that Velcro. You, you don't want any wind or cold touching your skin. So you grab the heavy coat, but you're going to an outdoor event. And by the time you get there in the afternoon and the sun comes out, who has ever wished you wouldn't have brought the parka? I'm at the event, but I'm in the wrong coat. I, I brought maybe a little bit too much padding for this one or a little bit too less padding for this one. We're just out and about, stuck in the wrong coat. Really, as Midwesterners, I think we probably understand that pretty well. You've heard this before. Your parents have told you this before. Wear layers. Who's glad you did when you chose to listen to that? And this really speaks to more the physical man. Because when I am out and about, I want to be comfortable. I've thought through many situations on this, so I'll share only a few, but we've been at many soccer games where we feel like we were going to freeze our fingers off because we didn't have the right attire. I remember not long after Joy and I moved to, uh, moved to California, we took a day, and there were visitors with us. I don't remember who it was, but we thought we would go to San Francisco, and we have seen San Francisco. I mean, you've seen movies on San Francisco, so we're going to San Francisco. We thought it would be wonderful. It's beautiful there, the weather is always nice, right? Because that's pretty much what they show. But we go to San Francisco. I didn't even know I could get cold in San Francisco. And we're standing there thinking, man, we needed jackets. We left early. Why? Because we were cold. We weren't dressed for the right thing. We were out and about stuck in the wrong coat. Turn quickly to Isaiah chapter 61. We're going to be all over the word of God today. I pray that it exhorts you, builds you up, and encourages you. In Isaiah 61, verse 1, the Bible says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good news unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I don't know about you, but I want to have a portion of Isaiah 61 in operation in my life. I want to be the planted of the Lord. And I not only want to be the planted of the Lord, 
I want to be clothed correctly for the thing that I'm planted into. How about you? The Bible says this, don't, the, the, the lily of the field does not worry about itself. We, we don't have to worry about, because the Lord, the, the bird, the Lord's gonna take care of the bird. How much more do we not have to worry about ourselves being clothed for the right season in him? The thing that I'm learning is I just have to listen more and give less of my opinion. And the church shouted this morning, amen. Sometimes we just need to listen to the Lord and we need to be aware and we need to open our hearts and we need to open our minds for the season of life that we're in. The Bible says in Isaiah 61 here that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, now this is speaking to a group of people, an uh, individual at this specific time, but I believe this morning that the spirit of the Lord is on every, every believer. Every believer has the spirit of the Lord in some way. And I believe since we have the spirit of the Lord, as the Bible really breaks down some things that is going on here and what these people need, since we have the spirit of the Lord, I believe that we are to, in environments that we're in, as God opens the door, that we are clothed in him so that we bring hope to people that are in hopeless situations and we share the path that got us out that led to victory. Wouldn't it be strange to get to heaven and the Lord say, hey, yeah, you had a lot of opportunities to share the path, but you didn't share the path. Who wants to share the path more? Remember our, our slogan for the year, for the one, 2019. I think we have some of these arm bracelets still in the back. If not, Jeanette can put some back there for us. But we're remembering that we're here for the one. I want to be the person where people recognize that Brian Kitchen wears the garment of praise. That, that does not mean I won't walk through some adverse situations. It doesn't mean that I won't be challenged at many points in my life but I want people to look at my life and I want them to say, that guy wears the garment of praise. Have you ever met somebody that was happy in every situation? And I don't mean happy like when they are walking through a moment of loss in their life that they didn't have sadness, but the joy of the Lord would override the sadness of their heart because of the blessed hope that they had. I wanna be that guy. I, I want to wear the garment of praise no matter what I'm walking through in life. I want to be clothed in him and him in me, and I want to walk out the spiritual destiny that he has for me, not for the simple sake of self, but also for the salvation of others. Look at your neighbor and say, you weren't put here for yourself. I bring you to the thought today that the believer in Christ, those that are righteous, found in him, we've been talking about this, those that are the righteousness of God in, in his sight, so that when he looks at you, he sees righteousness because of what he has placed on you, or shall we say what he has clothed, clothed you with. I believe that each believer will be introduced to three coats in their life, and, and I'm going to break this down. So just follow me, and, and we'll, we'll get to an ending here in just a bit. The believer will be introduced to three coats. Now, I am not just saying this just to say it, to have a prop today. These three coats I have worn, spiritually speaking, in many seasons of my life. I don't think we wear this one, wear this one, wear this one, and then graduate into eternity. 
you will see through this message that the believer will be offered three coats. Now, just because the believer has been offered three coats, it doesn't mean that the believer will pick all three up and wear them. Who has five coats in the closet, but you only wear one? So for whatever reason, you're bypassing these coats. You might not like what it looks like on you, how it fits, whatever. I believe that the believer will have invitation to wear three coats and that three coats, these three coats represents different seasons in our life. So if you'll join me on the journey this morning, I want us to wrestle with the thought today of three coats. Somebody say three coats. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 18. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 18. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, girded with a linen ephod. Now, I am taking one scripture out of the Bible, and I want to talk about it just a little bit. This has much more attached to it, but this process, many of you will remember. Do you remember Hannah was without child? And she prayed and God did what? Lord, if, if you give me a child, this is what I'll do. Be careful when you pray that prayer. Lord, Lord, if you, if you allow the loan to go through and I get the car, I will drive people to church and bring them into the kingdom. Lord, if you allow us to get the house, that house will be open to be a witness to you, God. I will feed the poor, clothe the naked, Lord. I will give them my resources. Just allow me to get it. Be careful of what you commit to the Lord. If he, then I. God, if you just bring my kid back from their wayward self, Lord, if you just do that, Lord, then I will. Because who agrees that what you say is very important to follow through with, as we see in the life of Hannah? And we will see in the life of Hannah that Hannah brought Samuel up in the admonition of the Lord, and as she weaned him as a young child, she goes to the temple, or we should say, or could say she goes to church, drops him off, and Samuel begins to learn how to minister to the Lord as a small weaned child wearing the linen ephod. Fascinating. Say, Brian, what's the big deal about that? Well, the linen ephod was, if we go back to ancient Israel, the linen ephod was this sleeveless garment and it was worn by the priest. So it's very right to say at this moment that Samuel is weaned, Hannah honors her promise, she drops him off at Tabernacle. She walks away, and he is standing there, newly weaned, very small, standing in his priestly garment. I don't know if that gives you chills, but that's a pretty powerful mom to follow through with that. To say, this kid has, has been a gift from you. I mean, I've dedicated my kids, but I've never walked him in to, to the priest and said, hey, uh, uh, prophet, hey, you take care of him. He's clothed in the righteousness of God. He's clothed in the priesthood. I'm going to check out until I need to return and check in. It's powerful what's taking place in the life of Samuel, in the life of Hannah. And it's incredible the symbolism of this little ephod that this boy 
is wearing. I'm not going to read all of Samuel chapter 2 today, For Samuel chapter 2. If you choose to do that, I, I would highly recommend you reading as much word as you can this week. So this could be homework if you would like. I am going to jump down just a few verses to 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26, and it says, and the child Samuel grew on. And what this means, we don't say, hey, yeah, my kid just grew on. What this means is, is he is growing up. And it says, and the child Samuel, Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. I do know this. I am very thankful for my kids. I am very thankful to see them plugged into the house of the Lord as you are as parents and grandparents. It's, it's wonderful to see. It's one of our great life goals other than acquiring and amassing a bunch of stuff, our, our family connected to the heart of God. But I do want to see them operating and walking and clothed in their anointing in their local church. How about you? It's wonderful to see. It's wonderful to find those outlets and those places. And Samuel is growing on, and the Bible says that he has favor both with the Lord and also with men. So Samuel is growing up, and there is a favor on his life, not only with the Lord, it is one thing in your life to have favor with the Lord. It is the most important thing. But it is quite another thing to have the favor of God on your life where men see it and now you have a dueling favor, one with God, one with man. When that happens, God begins to open doors up in your life. Don't seek it out. Don't try to make it happen. The Bible says a man's gift will do what? It will make room for itself. Who's thankful that we don't have to beat any doors down today? I use the story of Samuel clothed in the linen ephod as a reference to our first coat today, that we're clothed in the presence of the Lord, that we're clothed even at a young age, or maybe I'm 40 and I come to Christ, that I'm new in him. I'm in my infancy stages with him. So since I'm new in him, I have to learn some fundamentals. Amen? Samuel did. Little, did. little does Hannah know, and I won't tell the story, but it's wonderful. Little does Hannah know what little Samuel later as he grows will have to tell the house of Eli. She's just dropping him off in the priestly garment, in the linen ephod, and he is growing into this coat. I want to talk a little bit about coat number one. Somebody say coat number one. Who has at least three coats in your closet? I'll use this as a, our first prop today. All of us have had some very cute infancy stages in life. I am wearing this morning John Pender's coat. John Pender's coat does not fit. But all of us have these moments where it's, it's, it's cute, it's honoring, it's awesome to see people getting the fundamentals down. Samuel was dropped off at the house of God because he had to learn fundamentals. You can't graduate from first coat to third coat without learning fundamentals because life will take you back to fundamentals. Who's ever been there? 
So it's important that I understand the process, although I've had some maybe cute infancy stages when, when I first spoke. I remember the first, one of the first times that I sang in church that I can remember after. You know what it's like. The older ladies are coming up to you, pinching you. It's so great. You're, you're, you're so cute. It's so, and and I'm, I'm, I'm always nervous to sing and, and all this stuff. I didn't really feel cute. I was just doing what mom wanted me to do on that specific Sunday. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we're wearing the coat and we have a perspective of what it looks like on us, but you also have a perspective of what it looks like on me. I gotta be really honest with you. I'm uncomfortable right now. Why? Because I'm squeezing into something that doesn't fit. It doesn't fit me. It's not made for, for where I am at, where my body is at in the physical at this moment. So the infancy stages can be cute, but over time we, have, we must understand that we're gonna grow out of the thing, amen? Or should I say this, we should grow out of the first ephod. Some of us have been in the church for decades still wearing the same ephod. Some of us can still quote the same six verses that we learned wearing the linen ephod as a child. Some of us can tell the stories about what it was like when I was in my little ephod in children's ministry when I was just a kid and Miss Sally sang these songs to me. But who knows if I was six there and I'm 60 now, I need to be wearing a different ephod. I need to be in a different season. Although it's cute where I was, I have grown over time. And I wanna ask this question in the physical, have you ever tried to squeeze into something that doesn't fit? Have you ever had something hanging in the closet that you should have gave up on 10 months ago? Because you're just not gonna condition yourself to get back into it. Why not give it to somebody that can wear it and have some life out? But you're trying to, watch this, you're trying to just squeeze into it for another Sunday. John's getting nervous right now. He thinks he's gonna, I'm gonna bust out of his coat. If there's a tailor in the house, let me know. You're, you're trying, in the physical, I'm just gonna squeeze into it. And sometimes that week can be three weeks later or three months later. I'm, I'm just trying to, in the physical, shut the thing. At some point, you'd be like, no, just forget it. I'm not gonna wear it anymore. But this has a spiritual thing. When I am growing into a new process in life, and it's not gonna be maybe the most comfortable thing to graduate out of the coat that I've been wearing. Who would testify, wear the thing anyway because the church needs you to be in your new coat? You need me to be in my new coat and I need you to be in your new coat. We are a body of believers that are maturing in Christ. You, you don't want to see me as pastor 10 years later wearing the ephod that I started out with, amen? You want to see me growing in that. You want to see me growing in everything that the Lord has for you. There, there's a place that you recognize in life, I believe, both in the physical and in the spiritual, that this thing just is not going to button anymore. I've just simply outgrown the coat. I've learned in my own life that sometimes discomfort itself can push me out of a coat. I'm just I'm tired of trying to wear something that I've grown out of. I'm tired of whatever reason, because I won't take the next step, because I'm afraid, because I don't have enough resources, whatever it looks like, that, that I'm just gonna stay. It is frustrating, Merrimack Kites Church, to be in the wrong coat. It is frustrating when, 
you could be at another spot and there just might be a few things that need to happen to get there. And you know what it is sometimes? Sometimes it's just taking off the one you're wearing and saying, Lord, this has been good. This has been great that I've been able to wear this. This has been of you. The ephod was of God for Samuel. This isn't a bad thing, but Lord, I've grown into something new. I'm moving forward and you just look at your neighbor and say, put on a new coat. Hebrews 6, 1 and 2 says this. Hebrews 6, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, that's linen ephod stuff, that's starter stuff. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. I'm learning here that I can move on to perfection if I'll leave the elementary thing. Not leave to abandon it and forget it. You're always gonna go back to fundamentals. Pray and read your Bible every day and you'll grow, grow. I mean, that's what you taught me as a kid. Some of you didn't learn that song, I could tell. (laughs) Forget to pray and read your Bible every day and you'll shrink, shrink. Folks, on that song, I couldn't get any lower to the ground. I was breathing basement dust. And you'll shrink, 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 and you'll shrink, shrink, shrink. The people of God have to understand that there is a time that I've got to move away from the elementary thing. I should not be in the church decade after decade after decade still focusing on elementary class stuff. You say, Brian, how come? Because the word says, I'm not ramping you up or motivating you. My motivation is the word of God. It says, let's go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God. He's saying elementary is thinking that you get to work for it to get the points. He said, I don't need to lay that foundation again. How long do we have to walk around that mountain? Wear a new coat, get a new garment. He's saying of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands. That's elementary stuff. The Bible says to do that. If you're sick, call for the elders. They put some oil on. That's not weird. That's God. We shouldn't have to, 20 years later, still be helping you be okay with oil being dabbed on your head to be healed because it's symbolic of the power of the Holy Spirit. Who wants to be clothed in his oil? I mean, I just want to, I want to walk with him. It says, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. Now, there is nothing wrong with reviewing the elementary things. I I was at a baseball game yesterday with my son, and they're going fundamental again. Everything starts with fundamentals. They're throwing like this, they got to, and they're throwing the ball. It's like, that's not a step throw. they're, They're working on fundamentals. They're stretching out fundamentally. They're swinging the bat fundamentally. So we don't throw it away, But I'm just going to tell you right now, going back to fundamentals won't grow you into the new thing because they're elementary. Sometimes sometimes we we can fall off track a little bit with some of this. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 and 2 says this, and and I, brethren, could not speak to you. He says, "I, I could not speak. I could not speak to you. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. As to spiritual people, but as to carnal. Paul says, I can't even speak to you spiritually. I have to speak to you as carnal people. 
Man, Paul is judging some people today. Look at what he says. As babes in Christ, he said, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. And, and Paul is trying to graduate them into another ephod, into another moment, into another coat. He says, for until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you're not able. At, at the point you should be, able to receive the next thing, the next coat, the next step in the process or the journey. Paul says, I can't even teach it. Now, who does not want to be that church that is not living in the spiritual zone? Who does not want to be that carnal church? Who wants to be the church that is progressing and what is God's best for us right now? If God's best for us right now is helping this church in Kenya, Africa, who wants to step up to the plate and give of your best now? not always going back to the elementary things. We see a process of maturity that is happening all over this, moving to the next step or, or a willingness to at least go there. The walk of the believer should be about progress in the things of the Lord. At no point in our relationship with God should we be stuck or I stop. I've learned it all. We keep progressing. It's wonderful to move out of the first coat. You, you remember what the first coat looked like. You remember what it felt like. It was much like the physical coat. You, you couldn't button it. You tried to get more days out of it. You lived in frustration. Why? Because you wouldn't graduate to the next thing. How many of you in the room have ever graduated to the next thing? I don't say this pridefully. I don't say this to lift myself up. It's a continuum that I was taught. I've had to graduate to the next thing. And I will tell you this, when you graduate to the next coat, this coat is much more comfortable. This coat fits. That look a little bit better on me? This, this coat fits. This is my coat. I can button both buttons, no problem. I have breathing room in this coat. I can put this coat on this afternoon and it will fit me. Check this out. I can eat lunch and still put this coat on. Why? Because I have room. And coat two, I want to show you today and I want to encourage you today that coat two is a coat that is comfortable. And I want to tell you as believers it's okay to be comfortable in Christ. And the church shouted this morning, amen. amen. It's, it's where you truly start to feel that what you are wearing, you actually have a degree of understanding of. You understand what I'm saying? You, you, you understand some of it. Now, you're not fully complete yet. And you understand that some of that will happen when you step into eternity, but you're still pressing towards that mark. But it is wonderful to be in a place of comfort, having grown out of the last season, coming into your season with the level, I like to use the word confidence, we could say confidence, not self-confidence, but a confidence that comes from the Lord, where you feel pretty good in it, and other people look at you and say, she, he wears that pretty well. Have you ever been at that moment in your life? where everything's not awkward anymore. Some of you, do you remember, maybe if you go back to finding a place in the Bible, 
When you started out, it's like, oh my goodness, he said Psalms. I mean, I know it's in the middle, but what is exactly the middle? Is that a certain page number? So you went and you, you found a certain page number. So let's say the middle of the Bible was, it, it was 566. And then all of a sudden you're in another location with a different Bible. So you want to find the middle of the Bible, you turn to 566 and it doesn't match up. And you feel lost and you feel that's awkward. Once you start navigating your way around, it, it started to fit more on you. The people on your row started to notice. They wear that well. They're growing in their faith. They've navigated through enough scriptures now where they start to know their way around. Now, don't feel bad if you don't know your way around the Bible, but I will say this, use it more, and as you use it, you will remember it. You've heard of the term use it or lose it? You know, think about it. You, you will have, th there will be a day that will come and somebody will say, what are the gospels? And you will say, Matthew, Mark, Luke. There's one more, let's see. John, yeah, and then there's three Johns in the back of the Bible. They're first, second, and third John. Then, then there's a, a revelation in the back of the Bible. And then there's some prophets. There was a, pastor said there was like some minor prophets and major prophets. You, you start to feel comfortable. Why? because you've grown out of the thing that doesn't fit anymore. And I really think this is the coat that a lot of us struggle with, the coat of comfort. It's the coat that, again, you're not fully complete, but an invitation was given, so you moved on the coat, and, and it's like God says, hey, try this one on for size, and you can now breathe. It's not great effort. It's not daily stretching I've grown into something that works for me. Who likes to be in the zone that works for you? It's like, this feels good. I look better in it. I feel better in it. It's kind of like that moment, you're like, yes, Lord, I'm just gonna rest in you because this is the moment that I have been waiting for. A coat of comfort. See, a lot of times I think, Growing in the church, it's about one-upping the next week. How can we this? How can we that? How can we do better? How can we do more? How can we learn more, memorize more, preach more, this, that? And sometimes I think we just need to rest in where we're at and thank God that we've grown into a new season. And that's what this coat represents. Now, if I think about this coat of comfort, it takes me back to moments when I was in the first ephod or the first coat. And, and you'll remember in that first coat, I had really come to a place that, that I'd, I'd stretch the life out of the thing. It, it just, I have, I have worn this for every week that it's worth. Let's talk spiritually right now. I can't breathe in it. It doesn't look good on me, and I notice that in the mirror, and others notice that it doesn't look good on me because they expect me in Christ and where he's brought me to take the next step. It's the graduation of coats. It's moving from where I was to the next place, and it's just simply the coat of comfort. Somebody say coat of comfort. James 1, 4 and 5 says, but let patience have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I want to live in that zone. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. It's a remarkable feeling to 
have walked patiently before the Lord. It's a remarkable feeling when he begins to nudge you out of this coat, but you do stay in it longer than you should have, but he doesn't give up on you. He just coaches you forwardly into the next thing, always offering, but you have to accept. It's a, it's a wonderful feeling. It's a, it's a remarkable feeling when I'm in the season and I've walked patiently before the Lord where I am now feeling more complete in him. Do you feel 15 years in with Christ a little bit more complete than year one? Now you have moments. I have moments. You ever go through these moments, and I think it's a tactic of the enemy. You ever go through these moments where you're like, I don't know anything when it comes to spiritual things. I should be here and I should be this and I should know this and I should know that and I should have memorized this or I should. It's, it's a tactic of the enemy, but when I'm completed in him through James 1, 4, and 5, it is a remarkable season. It's a season where patience has perfected some things in me. This right now in my closet is my most perfect coat. This one fits me the way that I want it to. It's not baggy, it's, it's not over, it fits me, it fits me right. I, I put a little slim fit shirt and a tie on underneath, and I think I look good in this coat. <laughs> Spiritually speaking, we arrive at those moments where God, I really feel good in you. I feel comfortable in you. I don't feel like I have to put in the effort that I used to. I feel that I'm growing up in you, patience has perfected some things in me. Patience have, has completed some things in me. God, I've learned moving from the old coat to the new coat. I've learned from James chapter one that when I lack wisdom, it used to be this huge stretch that didn't fit me, but I've grown into this concept which comes straight from your word. If I lack wisdom, then you will give me that wisdom. And it doesn't just say that the Lord will give you just a little piece off the corner. Have you ever asked your kid for like a nacho chip from a nacho bel grande? And they break off like a corner, a quarter inch of the corner. And you're like, give me a chip. So they break off like half a chip. You're like, no, a whole chip with sour cream, the whole deal on it. When you come to God and you've moved to this place because you've graduated into a code of comfort that is not a bad thing and you come to him and you say, it's part of why I've graduated into the new coat, Lord, because now I know when I lack wisdom, I don't try to act like I have the wisdom that I don't. When I lack wisdom, I come to you and I ask you and you don't break off a little corner. God, you give this to me liberally. This is equivalent to standing under a waterfall of wisdom. It says without reproach. Some of us maybe don't feel like we can go to God or we struggle to, to run to God because it's like I haven't really this in a while and I haven't really that. He says, no, come to me. When you lack wisdom, ask me and you know what it's like when you're wearing this coat, when he just gives you wisdom and you know what it's like and it's easy to stay humble when you realize that was not your idea, that was all his idea. He just gave it to you and you're walking in it. Who's thankful for the wisdom of the Lord? Who's thankful for the comfort of coat too? Feels great. Patience and things have been perfected in me over time. I am feeling more I'm, I'm feeling more completed in him. I mean, it's honestly, it's a coat. 
It's a coat that I would live in for the rest of my life. If I could just stay about right here, maybe 10 pounds lighter, but if I could just stay about right here, Lord, this would be a great gig to graduate into eternity this size in you, Lord, having definitely been through some challenges, having definitely been through some things, definitely been through moments where I had to grow and stretch and and feel the awkwardness of wearing something that was way too small for me way too long. But Lord, I'm graduating in you. I've learned that that I like the code of comfort and and I would live in the code of comfort and I've learned that I'm so so thankful that I graduated and we'll have more graduations, by the way. This is my graduation robe in Christ. This is what it looks like for me. I'm, I'm thankful that I moved to a coat of comfort because oftentimes some people want to just stay conformed to this coat. It's coat number one, which doesn't fit you anymore. And this is what happens when you stay with this coat. It requires no new levels of faith. I could just stay where I'm at. But Brian, it doesn't look like... It doesn't look right on you. I feel good about it. I feel okay with it, but you live frustrated. So no new levels of faith. I can pretty much keep my same routine. I don't have to fast anymore. I don't have to this. I don't have to that. The pastor's been saying that, that. I, I, could keep my, I could keep all my stuff at kind of the same level. But, but, but yeah, you're, you're in the beginning ephod stage. I, I'm in coat number one. I, I can, who likes this? I can play it safe. Oh, I'm talking to somebody today. I, I, can, I can just know the basics, just enough to get by. Folks, is that what the biblical requirement and mandate of your life is? Can you please not be the man or woman that says, I just hope to slide into heaven? There's not gonna be any sliding into heaven. You either got hit there being justified by grace through his forgiveness or that door is locked off to you. You cannot slide through a gate that has been shut off to you. You're, you're sliding in. If, if, I'm, if I'm gonna make it by the skin of my teeth or just come sliding in, you are telling me you are gonna get there by a level of your effort. I was, I was good enough to make, no, 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 no. We can confidently wear the coat that Christ has for us, graduate into the new season and say, my good enough is all God. My good enough is all him. It's nothing that I've done on my own. I mean, I've grown in the ways that he's talked to me about and and I have also stagnated in some areas and not maybe fulfilled everything. But coat coat two is this, this picture that I'm not stretching, but I'm resting. Somebody just breathe in and breathe out. Isn't that nice? Some of you, it's been a while since you've really done that. I mean, you know you breathe, but you're so stressed to produce and go after the next thing. This second code is more resting in the comfort of looking back over my life and saying, Lord, I'm growing in you. Hebrews chapter four, verse eight. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God, for he has entered his rep, for he 
who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. One of the things that I appreciate about God is the rest factor he builds in from the beginning. He creates for six days and then does what? Now, I've said this before, but I'm gonna say it again for the body of Christ. I am not talking about living under the law. I am living, I'm talking about living under the precepts of grace. I am talking about the law being a great model, right? So there are many things in the law that you would say, you're a pastor, don't do that. But you would have to say, no, as a believer, don't do that. I wanna talk about the Sabbath day. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it what? Sabbath is simply resting. There is not a man or a woman that is sharp enough in this room that is great enough in this room, that is gifted enough in this room, that is charismatic enough or strong enough in this room to work hard seven days a week, 24-7. It will catch up with you because it's supposed to. He works for six and he rests. One of the hardest things for some of you to do is to put the second coat on where you can button it and it's feeling pretty good and you just rest in the goodness of what he's done over the last six days. Church, give me one day a week because it's a biblical model. Not under law, but under grace. Sir, ma'am, children, college students, stop trying to drive yourself to more activity. Sometimes just pull back and say, it feels kind of good to just sit down by the covered bridge and watch the water go by and eat my Subway sandwich. It feels pretty good that I don't have to have all my leadership material and how am I gonna be a better shepherd? And how, folks, I've got so much on my mind. How am I gonna be a better husband? Then how are you gonna be a better father to five? And then on top of all that, how are you ever gonna have time for your hobby? Am I preaching to anybody? And how are we gonna be able to do this? And we're gonna have to say no to this and we're gonna have to, sometimes I just have to sit down by the brook and watch the water go by and shut my mind off and say, this is not growth mode stuff. This is just about sitting in that coat of comfort and trusting that the Lord is doing the work. I don't know if you've ever fell into your bed exhausted from labor. And you're like, this feels so good. You wake up with the same jeans on that you fell into bed with. And you, you wake up and it's like, wow, why? I'm resting because of labor. I'm resting because I've worked hard. Look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who what? Labor and are heavy laden. This means you're carrying the heavy thing. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This second coat, this coat of comfort, it's not about pushing the envelope. It's not about going for the next goal. It's not about the the next act of labor. It is not about stretching to accomplish It is an invitation to rest. Coat number two is a coat of comfort. It is not about the next task at hand. It is resting in the growth that you've enjoyed. Do you ever just enjoy looking at your kids growing up? 
And there were some painful times. There were some painful moments, but you're like, you know what? They're, they're carrying themselves with a degree of comfort. They're in the right coat for the season of their life. I, I know this because it's the graduation of three coats that'll start over again, and then I gotta graduate through three coats, and then it starts over again. Growth will require stretching and resting, but it's not about this coat. These coats, coat number one, let me just go back to it real quick. I'll, I'll put it on again. I'll deal with the discomfort. I'll deal with looking odd again in front of a house full of people. Th- this coat, all of us were once busting out of, right? This coat was awkward. It didn't feel right anymore, so I moved out of it, and I graduated into coat two. Coat two didn't require any stretching. It's not that I didn't continue to grow, but where my growth came is waiting before the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their what? If you've been here long enough, you, you know that I will teach this because it's the Bible. Some of us are wondering why we have no strength and we've got no weight. You're sitting there trying to have strength to accomplish what's in front of you, whatever it is, and you never wait on God. So your strength can never be renewed. So you're driving down the fast line seven days a week, never waiting in the presence of the Lord. What would happen, sir, if you would take 15 minutes, even if God said nothing, and you said, I'm just gonna wait on him? I wanna challenge one or more of our men to take take 10 minutes. It'll be 70 minutes this week. 10 minutes a day, sit in the presence of the Lord, even if nothing happens, find 10 minutes the next day. Even if nothing happens, find 10 minutes the next day. Even if nothing happens, and keep that up until you feel the presence of the Lord say something to you. Brian, that might take three months. Well, at least you got 10 minutes of rest per day. The code of comfort. So we have the first ephod that we grew out of it it no longer worked at us i mean when you're busting out of the seams give it away amen we graduated into the second code it's a code of comfort and and i said as your pastor i mean i would love to just stay there and i would love to live there and and should also say at points in my life i am there but an invitation is for three coats but just because invitation has been granted doesn't mean that invitation would be accepted So I thought I would break this down like this as we graduate into the third and final coat. In Genesis 6, God tells Noah to build a massive boat. It is called a what? It is named the same thing that Moses is in when he's floating down the Nile in in the, the ark made of bulrushes. Both arcs are a picture of salvation pointing to the ultimate arc, which is the cross. All three made of wood. In Genesis 6, God tells Noah to build a massive ark, and it had never rained. How many of you know that's a big deal? Let me tell you, if you are the guy in the village, that when people are walking down the street, and you're bringing this ark, you're bringing this wood, this gopher wood, and, and you're starting to put these things together and hollow it out and make it work, and you're using the, the pitch to, to coat this thing. Let me tell you what I think you probably feel like and look like in the village. 
this coat. And you help me figure it out. I mean, how, how, do, how do you tailor something like this on the fly? How do, I, how do I make it look better when the request of God is so big on the life of, of Noah? How do you make that look cool? How do you make that slim fitting? How, how do you make that moment a moment in your life where you're all confident and people look at you and say, go pastor, pastor Noah, do what's in your heart? Because that's not what people were doing. He built the boat that only his family would get on and preach with intensity. I believe he preached and tried to pastor as he was building. I think the coat looked like this. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to go back to the comfortable coat. I look in Genesis chapter 12. Um, and, and this is for all of the planners. There's people in here that are really good planners. And, and let me just say, we need you here at Merrimack Heights Church. We're thankful for your gift, the gift of administration. But God tells Abram in Genesis 12, 1, hey, Abram, I want you to go to a land that I will show you. I don't know about you, but I want to buy the property, know where I'm going, then make the move. God tells Abraham, no, we're going to pack up. We're going to go. I'll show you. Where we're going let's see what, what coat is that linen ephod is that coat of comfort or could this probably look a little bit more like this could you imagine telling that one to your wife where are we going he'll show us where are we going? I, I can only i can only promise what the lord told me he's going to show us so so you have no plan how many of you wives would jump in pretty quickly on that one How, how, do you, how do you tailor that? I have missionary friends that have pulled up roots from a country of comfort, walked into their living room and said, kids, we're going to be missionaries. How do you custom fit that? I mean, stories all through the Bible. You, you remember, remember Rebecca, and, and she couldn't have a child, and, and all of a sudden, God speaks, and, and in her 90s, God brings her to this point of having a, a baby. This moment hits me. Do you remember this guy named Gideon? Get, there's a war. There's a lot of turmoil that is going on. There's a war being fought, and God tells Gideon, I'll tell you what I want you to do. All those warrior, those fighting men, I want you to go to them and tell, tell all the guys that are afraid to go home. Right? Now, I'll let you in a minute answer if you would like to lead this army. 22,000 turn around and walk home. How many of you would say our odds just changed? 10,000 are left. God said 10,000, still too many, Gideon. Here's what I want to happen. All the men that go to the brook that you notice that lap up water like a dog, those are the ones that's gonna fight. What was Gideon left with? 300 men. 300 
dog lapping water men. I don't know about you, but I like the 30,000 plus number better. I don't like when it dwindles to 10,000 and I'm really getting insecure when it's down to 300. I think the coat probably looked a little bit more like this. The story goes on. Think of the, think of the widow of Zarephath. And the prophet finds her in her moment of mourning because she has lost her husband. They have enough for her and her child, the, the meal and the oil. They have enough to make the last meal and potentially then they would die off. And the prophet has the audacity to say, can I have that? Can you give that to the man of God? And she said, yes. I think that coat, especially when you're standing there in famine by your kid, probably looked a little bit like this. Wouldn't you agree? The list goes on and on. We can look at Mary who had never known a man at this point in her lifetime and she is carrying the Christ child. Rizpah, you remember Rizpah. Rizpah stands at the rock of Gigba and for five months with sticks and stones, she beats away the ravens and the devouring beast that try to get a hold of her two sons that are dead hanging behind her. And for five months, this woman fights off the beast until her kids could have a proper burial. I could almost guarantee you one of the soccer moms of that day said, Rizpah, they're dead. Go home. I feel that her cloak probably looked a little bit more like this. The apostles. Jesus is disappearing into the heavenlies and I'll, I'll make this modern day. He says, hey, I'm leaving, but I am leaving my church in your hands. Folks, I've got a little church to pastor and it feels like this. Much less the early church to launch out to make progressive difference for God. As much as we have three coats here today, we have the coat that we start out in that hopefully all of us are growing out of or have a plan to in Christ. We have the coat of comfort. This coat of comfort is something that guys like Brian would just like to stay in. And then we have this coat. And we really, 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 really try to get people like you to say, hey, you look good in that coat. But then we really, 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 really know that this coat is much too large for us to wear. And we really, 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 really quickly identify with this. I will spend most of my life in this coat. Not the coat of stretch. Not the coat of comfort, but the coat of the God of the heavenlies putting something so 
big in you. You can't even accomplish it unless he jumps in this garment with you. And then and only then is it filled up. Then and only then do other people view you and see the confidence of God in your life because you have submitted to him wholeheartedly. You have not tapped out in the process and you are just faithfully wearing the coat that he's given you. Who wants to faithfully wear the coat 